0: to the Business and Bliss podcast. I am your host, Lisa Kay, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Jennifer Conkey. Welcome, welcome. Hi, everybody. Hi. All right, you guys, and we have a beautiful guest here today, um, Lacey Platt. So Lacey is incredibly passionate about supporting our youth. She's actually a life coach and a youth empowerment coach. Um, And Lacey, we just could not be more excited to hear your message um, and what a timely message uh, that is for for where we're at in society right now. So, so blessed to have you on the podcast today and really excited to jump in. So with that, I'll turn it over to you to tell us a little bit more about you and um, we're going to kind of kick off from there.
1: All right. Sounds great. Thanks guys for having me this morning. I really appreciate uh, your time. And um just wanted to tell you a little bit about me. So, she said I'm Lacey Platt and my company is Arise to Connect. My husband and I are both coaches and we own a business where we're just really passionate, yeah, about the youth and helping them become um tomorrow's leaders because we have to build them up today. And if we don't, they're not going to be the leaders that we need them to be tomorrow. So, that's what we're really passionate about at Arise to Connect. And um I'm ready to get this going. So, so Lacey, what made you guys decide to go and start that business? What did that journey look like? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think it's been, been about five or six years ago. My husband and I started kind of on a journey to, to improve ourselves. Like we felt like there was, uh, something missing in our lives and couldn't quite put our head, like the nail on the head, you know, we're like, what is this? It's missing. And so we kind of went um, down a personal journey road, and um, funny story, it really wasn't our own doings. Um, my husband's mother bought us tickets to our first um, our first conference, like, and my husband was so mad at her for getting them for us for Christmas, and then he was like, you know what, whatever, let's just go. My mom's bought tickets for him um, and his sisters to go, and so we all went as a big family. And this was my husband; he was like. I don't know why I'm here, I'm not going to learn anything, and I thought, no, 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 this could be the answer to everything, and so I had so much hope in my heart that he would soften his his hard heart (laughs) a little bit and take in what this guy was teaching us, and by the end of the day, I was really worried because he hadn't really participated the entire time, and I thought, oh, this is going to be bad, this is going to, I'm going to get an earful on the way home, you know? And his sister wanted to stay and we had our all carpooled. So we were like, okay, what are we going to do? So I said, we'll stay with you and we'll get, give you a ride home. And everybody else was leaving. And she's like, are you sure? And I looked at my husband and I was like, yep. <laughs> I was like, um, yep, I'm sure <laughs> I'm not even going to check with him. Cause I didn't want him to say no. I know <laughs> but, uh, that night. The guy said some amazing stuff that just really touched his heart. And he just, he was on board from that time on. And when we started improving ourselves, we uh, started to realize how much our kids were paying attention. And Mm -hmm. the biggest thing I've learned over the last six years is that my kids don't do what I tell them to do. They do what they see me do. And so that was like a big eye-opener for me because I thought here along parenting lines, you know, I'm like, "I'm I'm a great parent. I'm telling them all the things that they need to do. Yay, they're gonna be great. They're gonna be successful. And what I realized was they were watching me and doing what I did and not what I was telling them to do. And I was not being the greatest example. So it was really eye-opening to me to watch them start implementing stuff that we were implementing, that we were learning at these conferences. And that's really what like started it. So I went to pick up my second oldest daughter from junior high. And literally she has like a group of people surrounding her, like six or seven people. And they're all like on their phones. And I thought to myself, Oh, please tell me they're not texting each other. I'm like, you guys, you're standing right there. Talk, communicate, connect, something, and they were all just on their phone. And so I realized, I thought, you know what? My kids have made such a huge improvement. Why can't I help other kids? And that's really where that all came from, was like I started to watch them implement what we were learning, they were changing, they were having success, and then their friends, we're thinking that this is the only way to communicate instead of actually opening up and connecting with one another. And that's when it really hit me that my kids benefited, so why can't all teenagers benefit? And that's really where it started, so. That's cool. What were some of the first key things that that you started teaching them and picking up on? Yeah, so um, one one of the main things I talk about in almost everything that you'll ever hear me talk about is how our words are powerful. And what I mean by that is, We talk all day long like we're talking right now. We speak English and people understand us, but the words that we choose to use don't always um, resonate with people the way that we mean them to. So we might say something like, hey Jen, you look great today. And you're like, yay, that made me feel good, right? But then um, if I just said, hey Stacy, you look, or sorry, Lisa, I'm thinking Stacy because I know she's probably there with you. Um, Hey Lisa, you look, Okay. Are you gonna feel great about that? Yeah, she's like, ah, oh, rude,
0: right? Because
1: <laughs> yeah. our words are powerful, and what we say to people, like, I, what I meant was that you look okay. Like, you look great, and like in my mind, okay meant you look great, right? But what I said and you heard is something totally different. And so, um, so I teach a lot about words and how powerful they are, because a lot of the time we have this negative self talk. And we're telling ourselves, um, like just the other day I shot a video and I was talking about, um, I was in my kitchen and I was cooking and I kind of went like this to, to grab something and I spilled like a whole container of stuff. And I was like, in that moment, it, it was very aware to me that I could have been like, Oh, Lacey, you idiot. Why did you spill all of that stuff? Right. But I didn't because I finally realized how powerful my words are when I'm talking to myself. So I just went along and I cleaned it up and it was no big deal. But there's a lot of times when our negative self-talk just attacks us and we start thinking really bad things about ourselves. So one of the things I really like to teach is something called declarations. And declarations are like, if you were going to declare something to the world, what would you say? So in the mornings I start out with, Like, I am awesome, or I am amazing. And it's surprising to me how much power that has throughout the day. Like, it really sets the intention for having an awesome or amazing day. And if I don't say those things to me, to myself in the morning, then I might not have as great of a day. And it's all because I started out my morning with super positive, powerful, amazing words that kind of set the tone for my attitude and the way that I'm gonna look at the day so that's probably one of the most amazing things I'd love to teach, so.
2: Cool. What about when it comes to the kids on their phones, how do you get them off the phone to interact with
1: people? I
0: feel like <laughs> a parent in America is like, yes. let me turn up the volume. Yeah, know.
2: exactly. They're on the edge of their seat, Lacey. How do you do it?
1: <laughs> All right, so that, that's a new one. I have never actually been asked that question, um, but I can tell you how I've done it with my, with my kids' friends. And that is, I just simply ask them, I just start talking to them about their phone. And I say, so, um, I'm trying to think. I asked my my second oldest daughter's friend the other day. I asked her a question about her phone. And it was so funny to see the response on her face. Because I said something along the lines of, so how long can you set your phone down and not look at it? And she was like, and you could just see the fear in her eyes. She was like, Why? Why are you asking me to set my phone down? I don't understand. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. So I've been doing a lot of research, just yeah, because I like to talk to my kids as friends and just ask them stuff. And it's it's pretty interesting what you find in in teenagers these days and how protective they are of their phone. So I love that question, like just how long can you go without touching your phone, you know? And and getting them thinking about it. Because another thing I talk a lot about in coaching is awareness is the key. And what I mean by that is it literally is the key, like a key. You can turn it in any lock and it'll open anything. So if you have awareness to something, all of a sudden you see life in a totally different perspective. So when I ask them, how long can you go without looking at your phone? What I'm really saying is, Do you have to look at your phone all the time but that's not how they're hearing it what they're hearing is ooh a challenge i like challenges so let's see how how long can i go without looking at my phone and what i've noticed is that they'll set their phone down and really try not to look at it while i'm sitting there and talking to them which to me is amazing progress because normally they're they're you know on their phone and I'm like, Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Or maybe not even anything. Maybe they won't even say anything to me. And so if I can get them like to set the phone down for any length of time, they really open up and actually start talking to I love. So awareness, bringing awareness to it, I would say.
2: Cool. And so on your business journey now, where, where are you and like, where are you going to go in this business? What's, what's your vision?
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that. So actually we're in a little bit of a transition right now. So when I started my coaching about four years ago, I kind of focused on women and I kind of felt like, okay, I'm a woman. I can talk to women. This should be easy. So I started out teaching women and, um, really didn't have any, like there was something missing. There was that passion that was missing, I guess. And so that's when I started focusing on the kids and I was like, okay, so how do I how do I get to work with the kids? How do I market to the parents and to the teenager so that the teenager is on board and it's not just mom wants me to work with their kid, which mm-hmm. I kind of ran into a few times. Or I would get the, cha- the teenager super excited to work with me and the parents were like, eh, I don't know what you're going to be teaching my kid. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. So there was all this kind of, um, what is that called? Kind of like walls that I kept running I into not- as I kept trying to go through this. So, um, so I started working with kids with their parents in the room or they could be on the zoom call or whatever they wanted to be so that they were involved. But what I found was that they still weren't really doing the work. Like the parents knew about the work, but every time I would check in with the kid, like the next week, so how did it go? Did you do the assignments? And they would be like, eh, yeah, you know, and then I look at the parents like, okay, you know, are you helping them get their assignments done? And the parents were kind of like, well, I don't didn't really want to push them into it and stuff. And so there was kind of all this chaos. And so, um, so I'm actually transitioning into what I want to call a parenting coach. But what I want to teach is, um, like success tactics, tactics, is that the right word? So that you can become a successful parent because a lot of people are like, okay, parenting. Um, but do you want me to help like, like struggled teens? Like they have addictions or they have, autism or they have, like, there was all this, um, spectrum, something yep. mm-hmm. spectrum of people that I thought, well, that's not really what I'm trying to go for. What I'm wanting to do is teaching the, the, the parents how to empower their teenagers or their kids. And I always talk about teens because I think they're the biggest group that need us the most right now. But honestly, I have worked with my kids, I think I started with my youngest um, when they were like two, my twins were two, I started working on stuff that was um, maybe on a smaller scale, simplified um, tools and techniques with them. So it can work with any kids. Um, but I do really love to talk about teens because I feel like they're on the verge of becoming those leaders sooner. But honestly, if you can start working with your kids at any age, that's amazing. So I'm transitioning into being a parenting coach, um, along the lines of how to teach them to become successful parents. What I mean by that is really understanding how to empower their kids so that, uh, there's no, there's no gray areas, so to speak, because I keep finding there is gray areas every time in things that people were asking me. I'm like, okay, that's not quite clear cut yet. So we're just. We're, we're making it a little bit more clear and clear so
2: I think that that is um it's admirable that you're that you're taking that route because there's a couple of things that are going on in society that that trouble me and and that is that the first thing is the instant gratification just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I think that that's why they're stuck on their phones um, yeah. but I also feel like there's there's like a, a straddle that we have to do because a lot of people, they use their phone for business and they have to be able to you know, nurture their audience per se. And the phone is like the easiest way to do it, right? So you know, my kids would see me on my phone all the time, checking in like every hour on the hour, I'm doing Facebook, I'm like making comments on my group page, whatever it might be. And then I put the phone down, I take seven minutes and then I put the phone down. And so I have these routines and I'd love to see that that's what kids are doing. But I think that because I came from, you know, in my generation, I'm on level 45 now. And when I grew up, what we were told is do what I do as I say, not as I do. Right. And so it's like, yeah, I was told that my whole life do what I'm told, not what I see being done, but do what I'm told. And I think that that creates a big society of yes, men and and women just Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. But that's not how we are naturally wired. Like we are wired to come out and we have the survival instinct. We want to talk back. We want to be involved. We want to give our input. And so I think it's really fascinating that if you go down that path and just the shift that needs to take place in parenting is huge in my opinion. And I came across this book. I can't remember the author right now, so it's going to kill me, but it's how to talk. So your kids will listen and how to listen. So your kids will talk.
0: And I think it's two
2: books from the same authors and I'm going to actually look in my, because I have them right here. I'm going to look for them in a moment, but it they are critical books because, and, and I feel like, yes, the teenage years are, are, they're critical, but I'm telling you like the year zero through five, there's that, the foundation that you're building, but five to 12, I mean, that's when they're coming into their personality, how they interact with people, how they show kindness or not show kindness, the whole empathy thing. Like those are some pretty critical years that that lead and feed into the teenagers they become. So I feel like if we have that communication with our kids early and often and give them a sense of involvement, if they're involved, they're empowered. But if we're telling them to just sit, sit tight and do what I say, that's not cool. Nobody wants to live like that. And I feel like we had, um, we had Lark Galley on our podcast a few weeks ago and you know, she suffered from her son committing suicide. And the suicide rates and the depression rates of kids in America, I think it has a lot to do with getting suppressed as they're growing up, they're being stifled, they're being told to shut up, and, but they're just creative. And I, th- I think that it's really important as parents to involve them and ask them, okay, so we're going through this big change right now. How do you think we can get through it and, and win? You know, and it is about making it a challenge, making it a puzzle that they can solve, but getting their involvement so they feel empowered. If you treat them empowered, they become empowered. So those two books, I don't know if you've ever read them, Lacey, but they opened my eyes to, well, I really need to change the way that I communicate with my kids, which is the entire reason why, you know, I try as hard as I can to use NLP stuff with them, to keep it positive and keep them involved. So I think that's really cool that you're doing that. I really do. Thank
1: you. you.
2: What do you do to have fun? When you're not doing business, like, what do you do to maintain your bliss?
1: Um, You know, we do, we love to do a lot of stuff as, as a family, um, because it was so funny. We were asked, actually asked that uh, we were just at a conference in October and they said, what are your hobbies? You know, what do you guys do? And I thought, Wow. Other than like personal self-care, like go get a massage and stuff. I really don't do a lot of stuff for just me because I really like to um, have my kids be involved in almost everything that we do. And the reason that I do that is because, yeah, I am a working mom and I do I am on my phone a lot, checking in Facebook, yeah, Instagram, all those kinds of things, trying to keep our business going. And so when I want to spend time with my kids, I want to be fully present with them. And so we like to do a lot of outings, um, like here in a couple of weeks, we like to jump on the train here and go down to Salt Lake and see the temple lights and the city lights. Um, because that's something that my kids like they've just come to know that that's a tradition that we do every year. We take the train down because parking is like crazy Mm -hmm. and, um, we just walk around and we have fun. We get some hot chocolate and we enjoy the night together and we just like to talk. Um, My two oldest girls just love when I spend time with them. So something that uh, we've started over the last couple of years is something that we call mommy daddy dates. And that's just where like they get a date with either mom or dad or both of us. Sometimes like my husband and I will just take one of our kids and we'll go to dinner with them or we'll go get some ice cream or like this summer we would take them and get some like shave ice or something and just spend time with them, just really connecting and talking to them. Like one-on-one, because when you have five kids, mm-hmm. um, they start to feel a little bit like not special <laughs> yep. when they don't get mommy-daddy time, you know. So we like to really give them that special one-on-one time with us, because we know that that's how we can really uh, connect with them and really talk with them and get them to open up. Because I love how you were talking about um, how that instant gratification is, and so I was reading um, an article. It's been a couple of years ago. Um, they were talking about how how much information has has changed. So from like 1900 to 1950, you got so much information, and then from 1950 to 2000, how much more information you were getting, and it was like crazy huge amounts of information just then. And then it was like 2000 to today, so not even quite 20 years yet, and it was like even bigger. Like it was like three times as much. To like every three days, we're getting the same amount of information they were getting in that first fifty years from 1900 to 1950, mm-hmm. just because of the internet, social media, mm-hmm. um, the way that you can watch TV now. You just you sit down and I don't know about you guys, but you can you can watch YouTube on my TV. You can watch uh, Disney Plus. You can watch um, Amazon Prime. Like, it's all right there. All you have to do is click and you're connected to whatever it is that you want to watch, which is crazy to me. That in there's some, in that some cases, light. all you have to do is say it in your remote and it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Alexa, turn yeah. on. Block. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I probably have like five of them talk to me right now because I just said her name, but yeah. Right. Cause we have like the, the dots and everything. And you just ask her, you know, what time is it? Or turn the light on or turn the light off. Or There's just yeah. so much more technology than we when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy amounts of information coming at these poor kids every single day and the amount of um, stuff that they have to take in and process. And I just kept getting from my oldest, too, that they were just overwhelmed a lot of the time. So Overwhelm is probably one of the most uh, common questions I get. How do I help my kids with overwhelm? Because it's just. You can't turn it off. You can't turn it off. You can't just say, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm done for today. No more information for me. You know, I mean, they can lock themselves in their rooms and I'm thinking that's why a lot of kids do is Mm -hmm. to just try to get away from it. Just, okay, I need a moment, you know, and I can't blame them because there's a lot of times when I even feel that way. And I encourage it. I personally yeah. encourage my kids when they're cause yeah, they get overstimulated.
2: There's four of them, you know, it's just, it gets crazy and not everybody's getting what they need and, and they they're vocal about it. And then when it's time, like I literally have my kids do, these do sleep hypnosis at night. They do reading window, they do reading in their bedrooms where they just have a moment to themselves to kind of decompress and just be quiet. And you know, at least three of my kids need that a lot and I just let them go do it. You know, it's okay. And then come back when you're ready, but I feel like that okay. mindset for them and the mental health of it all is critical to teach them that habit to go recharge, man. Just go recharge if you need to. It's That's as okay.
0: Critical to teach them that, as it is to teach them hygiene. I mean, right. literally, it's it's that basic. Mm-hmm. Um, Lacey, you know, as we kind of get to the end of time here, I just would love to hear from you, like parents that are listening to this what would be one key activity tactic strategy that they could go start applying today like what is what is one thing that one one quick lesson you could teach us one mindset shift one piece of advice that every parent listening to this can go and apply today to start making those subtle shifts toward radical change in their children
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think we were just hitting on it because, um, it is critical what we teach them. And I think it is our job as parents to teach them these things because they're not being taught them in the school system today. And a lot of parents are like, Oh, they'll learn, they'll get it at school. Everything they need to know is taught at school. And it's just not the case. Um, they need to be learning meditation and yoga, some kind of out, uh, to get rid of that stress, that overwhelm. Because if they're not being taught it, they're they're never going to learn it other than, you know, when they're young adults or from, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't, I mean, it, it, times are changing. It is becoming more popular thing to do yoga and meditation. Um, but I never really heard about it until probably like maybe 10, 15 years ago. And that's only because I went into that line of work for a while. And because I'm a, a licensed massage therapist. So there's... Um, definitely things that we need to be teaching our kids. But the number one thing that I always start with is declarations. And the reason why, as I kind of touched on it, but that negative self-talk. So I want you guys to to be aware, as parents, the negative talk that you talk to yourself, because your kids are listening, they're watching, they hear it, and they think, oh, mom thinks she looks fat today, mom thinks she looks... Looks old today, mom thinks that she looks or she's stupid or she's, you know, all those things that you're saying to yourselves. Your kids are picking up on that, and they're going to start saying it to themselves, which is so sad. And then also, in that awareness of what you're saying, you catch what they're saying. So when my kids, when I started this, and my kids were um, were kind of learning what declarations were all about, we started talking about how. there's always something in your life that, that that really gets you. So whatever that thing is that you say to yourself, if you can flip it into a positive and then use it as a declaration. So we call it the spot and spin. So I do a technique with them where I have them sit down and I have them um, write out things about themselves and just figure out, you know, like, What's holding them back? What things do they keep saying to themselves? And then once we spot a similarity, like something that they keep saying, maybe if it's even just in a little bit different way, when we spot what it is, then we're going to spin it into a positive and we're going to use it as their declaration. Something that they're saying to themselves every morning when they wake up, every night before they go to bed. And also I have them do it anytime throughout the day when they just feel like they need just a little boost, just a little pick-me-up somebody said something rude or some like a teacher my kids always say their teachers yell at them and I don't think that they really yell at them I think what they're they may raise their voice or get a little upset with them but they're not yelling at them but say something like that happens they can use that declaration to just kind of pick themselves back up because it is very key to have a foundation a strong foundation that they're set upon that they feel like they're safe and secure and then we can build on that and the way to get that that foundation safe and secure is by getting them to start thinking positively about the things that are holding them down so whatever it is that that they're feeling that they they say all the time and you can help them with this awareness because if you notice that they just keep saying the same thing over and over and over then you help them say uh, or you help them see what they're saying so you spot it you help them to spot it now here's here's the, the thing though is if mom says You need to fix this word. She's gonna be like, Mm ah, I don't wanna fix that word. Mom wants me to and I don't wanna do that. So it's not about telling them what they need to do. It's about helping them to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. So maybe just um bring it up casually or I feel like the best way is to really have them write it out so that you can kind of go through Mm -hmm. it with them and then just be like, What do you think? Yeah. You know. Because if I, I can tell them all day long what I think they need to fix, Mm -hmm. but there again, it's not going to be the one thing that they want to fix. So they have to have a part in it. They have to feel engaged and then, in what's the word empowered to change that thing. Because if you take the empowerment and you want to change it for them, then they're really not, they're not looking to do that because they're like, Oh yeah, it's just something mom told me.
0: It's really presumptuous too, right? Thinking that like you as the parent know the best declaration for them. Right. (laughs) No, you don't. They know the best declaration for them, right? It's part of being, it's like when you're a coach thinking like, oh, I know how to fix this person. No, you don't. Your job is to ask questions, Uh (laughs) right? So I think it's also as a parent, like shifting that responsibility. Like, yes, you have certain responsibilities to, you know, create a safe space and provide shelter and all those things. But when it comes to like them owning their decisions, your role is to coach them. Yeah. Right. So that's
1: such a huge pivot point that you call out. Uh It is. And I think that's one of the most important things that you learn as a coach, because in the beginning you're like telling people you need to fix this, you need to fix that. And, and then when they're not doing it, you're like, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you fixing those things? And I've had to learn that it's not my job to find out what your things are. It's your job. And then my, my job is the coach to help you. Mm -hmm. So, um, Somebody said this the other day at a conference or something that I was at, it's probably been a few months ago, but anyway, she said, I'm not your cheerleader. My job as a coach is not to cheer you on to do things, but my job as a coach is to to help you see the things inside of you that you want to change, that you know you need to change, and then we help you do that. And I thought, oh my gosh, here I was, like, in parenting especially, I feel like parents just want to cheer them on and go, you're awesome, you're so great, you're doing it, Yay! And that's not what the kids need. The the kids need some reality and some awareness and some parenting, not friends. Right. Don't get trapped in the friend zone because friending your kids ultimately just hurts them in the end. They need a strong, steady, structured parent who's, who's there to maybe give just a little dose of tough love every once in a while, but really help them to understand who they are, what they want to, be, how to become that. It, it is like coaching because if you, if you just cheer them on, yay, you're, you're so awesome. And they discount those words after, after a point in time, because they hear them so much from you that it doesn't carry as much weight. Mm-hmm. That, makes
2: that makes sense. Cool. I'm trying to find that
1: book. <clears throat> this has been, yeah, I,
0: I actually have that in my Amazon cart, you know, yeah? you save things for your cart. my, My, everything saved in my Amazon cart is like, I have a really long list, but anyway, it's in there. Um, but Lacey, this has been amazing. And I feel this has been super inspirational to all the parents that are listening and, um, just even the entrepreneurs seeing you. You know, take your your passion and really turn this into a way to also support your family. I mean, that's the biggest blessing like doing what you love and believe in while also taking care of your family. So, congratulations on that. For our listeners, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? You know, if they want to work with you, learn more about what you're doing, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so we have um, a website that you can go to, it's just arise to connect.com. And also, um, do you want me to talk about, a little bit about the freebie that they can sign up yeah. for? Yeah. Okay, sure. so hopefully, she'll put a link, you're gonna put a link down below for them? I sent that to Stacey. Does that link I sent you? Yep. Okay, so, <clears throat> sorry, that link sends you to, um, to an audio training called How to Build a Better Team. So we were just talking about the foundation and how we need to start with that strong foundation. So the How to Build a Better Team literally means how do we set the foundation upon which we can build a successful teenager, build a successful child in in any age, because I think you hit it on the head, Jen, when you said those those younger years are critical. So anytime we can start with somebody younger in age, yes, okay, Um, but I do feel like the teens um, need it the most right now, but honestly, if you start teaching your teenagers and you have younger kids, they're, it's gonna help them so much more. So my husband and I are always saying this. If we had only known what we know now, back when we were a teenager, how much different our life would be, right? Yeah. So we're trying to give them those tools, those techniques, that knowledge at an earlier age so that they can just, they're just gonna take off and be amazing. I know they are if they have these things. So I just want to get this into the hands of everyone listening. This, this foundation piece is so critical Because if you want to start building them up, think about a house. If it didn't have a foundation and you started to build it, it's going to, it's just going to fall. Anytime a wind comes, a problem in life comes, it would just fall. So that foundation has to be strong and sturdy and it has to be there so that when we start to build on it, there's no, and a trial or tribulation comes and it, it throws them for a loop, their house isn't going to crumble because they're strong they have that piece that that's holding them so hard, so strong and so steady. So this, how to build a better team is all of those things. I talk about declarations. I talk about, um, I think there's seven different skills in it. Actually, I know there is, there's seven different skills in it that are just going to teach you. So declarations kind of being your foundation. Then we're going to talk about another skill, another skill, another skill, and it just builds them up from there. So, um, that's something that I personally, I loved when I, when I did that audio training, because it's helped me so many times with people in just um, them asking me, Lacey, where do I start? Mm-hmm. What do I do? What can, what's easy? What can I just start implementing today? And I'm like, that's it. Those seven oh. skills, And you start with number one and you master number one, you go to number two, you master number two, you go to number three. It's just, it's, it's layer upon layer upon layer, creating that strong foundation because one piece in particular, it's going to help them, but it's not really going to set that, that strong foundation. Cause if it's just one layer, um, it's not as strong as seven layers. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. 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 That, like a seven layer dip right there. <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah. it, it's get tastier it. with seven, right? Get it Yeah. Tough, <laughs> um,
0: no, I love that because parents are just as overwhelmed as our teenagers. Right. And yeah. I, mean, I have a one and a three-year-old and I'm always like, well, I'm not doing this right. So I love that you break it down into seven simple steps for the people who are like, I want to do this better. I just don't know where to start. So thank you for including that. So for those of you listening, that freebie link will be in our show notes, um, for this episode. So you can check that out and, um, and get started, have a place to start. So
2: yeah.
0: thank you, Lacey. Thank you're you welcome. very much,
2: Lacey. It's
0: thank been awesome you. having
2: you on the show and having you drop some knowledge on us. We all need it. Yes. So, <laughs> appreciate
0: it. Yeah. And yeah, thank I mean, I'm excited that this is going to make a difference in, in some lives out there. So, thank you so much. And thanks for everything that you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, you're thank you. All right. Right. I really appreciate being on here. So, all right, all right guys. guys. Thank you, everyone. Fun. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.